Well, I'm back with Mary Payne Gilbert. We are here to do our Love After Lockup and Seeking Sister Wife weekly recap. Welcome back, Mary Payne. Hello. We're going to start with Love After Lockup, correct? Yeah, sounds great. Okay, because you said it was on your mind. Now, did you watch <laughs> Did you watch this twice like you did last time, or did you just watch this one time? <clears throat> How many times did you suffer through Love After Lockup? Just one and a half. One and um, a half, okay. Yeah. I watched it, and then last night after I watched Seeking Sister Wife, I just put it on in the background while I was making some notes, and then I decided I really didn't need to watch it twice. Yeah, I turned I, it off. I actually watched this one twice, too, because I had to – well, I mean, I guess a total of two times because I had to rewind and freeze frame on my laptop the Scott Tooth reveal many, many times. I had to get all up in that mouth hole. Yeah, I'd like um, some higher definition HD to really, really be able to zoom in on that. It looks like a bunch of, um, I don't, how can you describe it? It looked like, um, I don't know if you saw Heather McDonald put a while back like a joke thing on her Instagram, like, hey, I got some new big giant teeth like all the housewives, but she had just gotten a bunch of white, a white gum and put it all over her teeth and they looked like huge. That's what it looked like. It looked like fake putty silly putty teeth or something it did i mean scott oh god everyone has been you know joking like scott has no teeth scott got his teeth knocked out and but this guy he went and got his new teeth with his leftover money which was probably what like three hundred dollars let's say because he got some temporary shit put in his mouth he said it hurts he is going to be sitting home toothless when Lizzie's not around because that shit is not going to be staying in. He's not going to be wearing it for anything other than like the big night out that they do every once in a while. Yeah. I mean, do we think they're dentures like they, they clip in? I mean, they're, it's not a mouthful of veneers or anything like that. That's many, many thousands of dollars. I, I think it's like a halo hair extension kind of concept where, yeah, it, you like add it to your regular teeth. Like you would add hair to your regular hair, but temporarily, like mm-hmm. you could pop it in and out because it looked like here's here here's my really close up take. I'm not even kidding. I I zoomed in big time, over and over again to the point where I was like, I, I actually need to stop because it was grossing me out. Every tooth looked like it had a plastic coating on it that connected to the next one. So it, yeah. it almost looked like when you wear, like my friend actually had Invisalign as an adult. Do you ever use Invisalign or have a friend who had Invisalign? You see, oh, it's like a clear yeah. thing that goes over. It looked like he had Invisaligns over his teeth. So it was like plastic connecting the whole row, bottom and top. Yeah, yeah. It definitely did look like um, the teeth you could pop in from like a joke shop. But I mean, like maybe like two steps higher, but... I was very intrigued. And again, I call for a reunion where we could get these questions answered. Seriously. <laughs> Seriously. Oh, my God. But Scott, you know, I don't feel bad for him anymore. He is just such an idiot. I was talking to Jenny McCarthy about this on her show, and she said he is just buying all this shit on loans and everything else because he's definitely going to declare bankruptcy. So he's just pulling this move where he can, you know, and he's even said it. He's like, I'm going to head toward bankruptcy. It's like he knows he's going to declare bankruptcy. So he's just doing all this irresponsible stuff because he can. And then he can just write off his debts and be bankrupt. Yeah, but I mean, I know people that have had that happen, and it's not the way to go. It's so many years of you cannot get a credit card. You can't. I mean, you can't. It's it's a tough road to take. I yeah, I know. I had my someone in my family declared bankruptcy, and it's like seven years. I mean, it's a nightmare. But he just doesn't seem to be a 
what what should we say a planner <laughs> he's not fiscally responsible <laughs> he's not fiscally responsible so he bought lizzie a car this week and lizzie right. also tried on dresses at vera's bridal shop which is in madison also again they've been filming here and i, I cannot believe i didn't know that yeah, she's stuffing her boobs into this dress. Jasmine's asking her if she's happy with Scott. And her answer, don't you think it was very telling? Well, first of all, this is the nicest dress shop we've ever seen on any show. It it beats out uh, that Caitlyn dress shop. It beats out the, the one Caitlyn dress shop that had like a sign on the wall that said, don't put things in your bag. Right. And, um, <laughs> and I mean, it beats out everyone we've seen on 90 Day or whatever. I mean, it was it was a lovely, lovely Shop. It's a and great shop. Yes. I think I think what uh, Lizzie said was that she's going to go down the aisle and she dreams of butterflies are fluttering in the air and a white horse drawn carriage. She went into that weird voice. So it creepy. It's so very creepy. creepy. It's like a thirteen year old who is writing in their diary. It's really weird. <laughs> Jasmine points out, um, you just need to get a job and pay more attention to me. Right. <laughs> Jasmine's sitting there like, hi. And then the woman at the bridal shop's like, and I'm going to teach you, Jasmine, how to, you know, put up the bustle and this and that. And Jasmine's like rolling her eyes like, I don't need any, I don't need you to tell me anything to do with this woman and her like whack marriage that's going to happen. I mean, I still don't feel like Lizzie is ever going to marry Scott. No. I mean, she said that she's never had a real job other than stripping and she doesn't even know what minimum wage is. And it's great because Scott's around because he'll get her stuff. I mean, she's what she flat out says. That's what she flat out says, right? That was her answer. She just said, you know, if he's happy, I'm happy and he's providing a nice life for me and da, da, da. And then she goes home or wherever back to the hotel and he is standing there with his new teeths and his, and the car that he bought her. What kind of car was that? I'm not good with cars. Um, I, I couldn't tell you. It, okay. it seemed to be like a like a kind of like a Nissan Altima kind of a car. It was nice. Now he had he had not splurged on automatic transmission. He had gotten her um a stick shift. So she, you know, says, A stick shift. Now, beggars can't be choosers here, Lizzie. And also she reveals she's had eight DUIs, so she doesn't really have a driver's license. So she can only drive in the parking lot like Rain Man. Right, exactly. <laughs> she's an excellent driver. Excellent driver on the driveway. (laughs) She she can't even drive. She's got eight fucking DUIs. I mean, Mm -hmm. even in Wisconsin, and I can say this because I live here, that's too many. I mean. (laughs) Even in Wisconsin? Even in Wisconsin. Dude, you could get like a million here. It's really bad. It's really actually a sad state of affairs how many DUIs people rack up here because it's just, you know, one of those states. But even even here, eight is not, yeah, it's not going to fly. It's not going to happen that she's going to get a license. Pretty much anytime soon. So yeah, perfect gift for the woman who has eight DUIs and no license, no chance of a license, a new car. Yeah. And he's, she's looking at the car and stuff and he's standing there going, you're not going to say anything. You're not going to notice. And she's like, what, what? She's looking directly at him. And then he goes, cha-ching, like a, um, <laughs> like a TV show was cha-ching and his mouth opens and the little sparkle goes off his teeth. And she was like, oh, look. And she's literally like she's inspecting a horse's gums. She's pulling his mouth all around. Like, let me see. Let me see. <laughs> Her hands were all up in there. She was like pulling it, the bottom down, like, mm, mm. And then she's like, oh, my God. he. Lo- what did she call him? He looks like James Bond. or I don't know. It was some comparison. I, I was like, said, what? He, he went from something to GQ is what she said. To GQ. Um, 
I said he looks seven hundred percent better, but his teeth do look like giant marshmallows, <laughs> like party <laughs> city vampire teeth esque. I mean, they're not quite that lowly, but the dentist really did pull them out of a drawer that he where he just has like Walgreens teeth in packages. It was just extras that somebody couldn't use, but exactly. She, I, I did say for the new car, she hugs him. No kissing, but she hugged him. She is not going to be laying down for this guy. She is not going to be revoking her newfound virginism. She's not going to or virgin virginism virginity virginism. virginism. I'm now turning into like love after lockup IQ. <laughs> I think words are words that aren't words. So she is. I think she's going to pull this like I'm a godly woman thing and be engaged to him perpetually until she just sucks him dry of all of his money, and then and then go. That's my prediction. Yeah. I mean, there's no way that these two are going to end up together. Period. She's nonstop on the Instagram doing lives and, you know, morning prayers and pictures and, you know, so I think that they are together, but not together. I can't quite tell. You, you need to get your uh, correspondent there in Madison to go and investigate. Seriously. I need an intern. Anyone local want to do this for me? <laughs> want to start a stalking? I yeah, you- can pay you in. <laughs> I can pay you in like chocolate almonds or something. <laughs> Oh, my God. So Caitlin and Matt, Caitlin, poor Caitlin. I mean, my heart went out to her. I didn't, I can't even joke about her this week. I mean, she's just a tragic figure. Her mom passed away. I cannot believe she said that Matt is her only family. That made me so heartsick for her. And she said, I'm an orphan. I know. I know. Now she says, I feel like an orphan because her mom, her dad and her grandparents grandparents have all died in the last three years and Matt's her only family. But what I wanted to scream at the TV was, what about your kid that we don't mention? I know. I know. We don't ever see or hear about. Is it him? It's a son, right? I have no idea. I have no idea either. I don't know why I think that in my head. But, oh my God, her only family is fucking Matt. I know. And she was crying on the bed and he does bring the dog in to try to cheer her up. And I thought that was kind of sweet. I mean, I, I think that in a regular world that they actually would be kind of a sweet, nice couple, but it's it's looming of what, what he's going to do to screw it up. It's just looming. But right. I, I do think he really, I don't think it's a one way street. I think he actually really likes her back. It's the same amount that she likes him. You know what? I actually agree with that. I think he really does care for her too, but he is so messed up in his head and he loves prison way too much and he is headed back there. It's like there's no way he can make it on the outside until he gets a complete therapeutic workover and he's not even doing that. Um, can we talk about the jewelry store? Yeah, let's please go right ahead with Sam, um, our fave. So Sam is there, of course. Well, Sam is his ride. So um, he and Sam go. And Sam seems a a little cracky, just a smidge cracky on this, uh, allegedly, on this trip to the jewelry store. Matt says he needs to buy some makeup jewelry because they had this fight. And uh, so (laughs) they're looking at the rings. and, And Matt's being real sweet about it. And he's saying, like, she's the only one that's ever stood by me. And he's actually being very nice. And then the minute he kind of turns to the other side, Sam looks at the girl and goes, nothing set in stone. Don't you don't don't like like don't actually get him out of the case. He's not going to buy anything. He'll probably steal that shit. FYI. And Sam says, uh, I wouldn't think that they would get engaged right after a fight. And uh, and Matt says, I'm just not in a position to get married right now. Uh, really? 
Yeah, duh. We know. Yeah, you're but, not in a position yeah. to prime paint buckets. Yeah, I, yeah. He, but again, I have to go back to he was being so sweet to her about her mom. I don't know. See, this is what happens with me in the show. Like they, they suck me in and then all of a sudden I'm rooting for the guy with the tooth hole, you know. I know. Exactly. <sighs> Who's talking about meth's a hell of a drug. You love how he sniffs after that. He's like, every time he talks about meth, it's like, ooh, is that like kind of a Pavlovian dog reaction where he's like remembers it? Yeah, he gets real excited. In some of those interviews, he looks real thin, more thin than others. So, and I know they space out the interview, so it worries me that something's happening midway in the filming. Yeah, seriously. Can, can we talk about how Clint looks when we catch up with him this week? He is looking real rough. Okay, Clint is <laughs> becoming more and more yellow, more and more scabby. Um, He's got an open more, wound on his head. Um, yeah, that we we op- we open up with Tracy's been released, and so we think. And he's got this eight by ten of her next to him on his hand-me-down couch. That was like an iPhone picture that he took, and then like took to the Kinkos and had him blow up on the copier. Um, and then he's sorting through these dark and grainy photos from their saloon wedding. Now, th- listen. We we have moved on in technology. You don't have to go to like the Kodak kiosk like we did when we were kids and get your pictures printed. He could have gotten some better pictures. And by the way, there's production there. I'm sure there's some better pictures. Okay, that's what I was wondering. I'm like, where'd you get these physical photos from, Clint? Like, did it, someone give these to you because you don't know how to use things? What is going on with this man? Yeah, I don't know how to use things. I think that's that's his caption. But but there's a black cat sitting there inhaling all the cigarette smoke and his scabs and, you know, all that. I feel like he's just covered in a layer of ash. He's covered and- in a layer of ash. He definitely beat his head against the wall because that wound <laughs> on the center of his head can only get there if you hit your own head against a wall. I'm convinced. I think, oh, my God. I didn't think about that. I was thinking he probably had like a, a – like a – a zit or something that he like you know picked until it bled because he just well I don't even know what his fingernail situation is pretty good they're pretty low they're not like some of these other people so I think you're right it's definitely a beating your head against the wall situation which Clint Clint is no stranger to I'm sure and he he also had the wherewithal to buy a no farting sign to hang in his household I saw that on your Facebook group somebody wrote that but I was I did not see the no farting sign the word fart and I'm saying it low is one of the most disgusting words that I hate and I really I I don't think it's funny like I'm such like a prissy southern goober that like at the table of my kids even say anything like that I'm like we are at the dinner table that is so disrespectful I cannot imagine writing that down and putting it on a sign in your house that is so gross you are not in the mind of Clint because Clint finds that hilarious obviously I mean that is a perfect sign for Clint's home that's just ugh, it's perfect it makes so, me really it makes me like him less and less if that's possible he is on the phone with tracy his goddess finally he gets a hold of her she has been arrested again the phone rings he picks it up and he's like like oh, 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 oh. he's all excited because he can see who it is and he puts it on speaker and right when it puts it on speaker he's like hello and she goes hey <laughs> I mean, she didn't say like, oh, baby, I'm so glad. It was literally, hey, I wrote a very aggressive <laughs> staccato, hey. Yeah. 
She's like, she completely runs the show. I mean, he is sitting there on his couch just waiting for further instructions. The best was she's on and on and on about like, I couldn't believe it. They arrested me for nothing. And I mean, let's don't mention the stolen car or the crack or anyway, it's nothing. And then they have the dash cam. I was living for that moment because last (laughs) week I was asking you, I'm like, are we going to see any footage from Tracy on the run? Like, girl on the run, come on now. And the dash cam footage was everything because she was like in front of the car, just like raising hell. I'm like, oh my God, this is better than Luann getting arrested. I love every moment of this. And then she was acting like, I just got pulled over for speeding. I don't know what the hell, you know, like, God. Uh, probably she doesn't have a license, uh, not allowed to drive a car. And there's probably lots and lots of things on that list. Uh, speeding is probably the, the least of her offenses. Seriously. Did you see someone from the Pink Shade Facebook group actually who lives near that area, who is familiar with that area, said it was very telling because she said, I got arrested on the way back or when I was coming back. And she was so she kind of like retraced Tracy's escape route. Oh, gosh. <laughs> the Facebook page. I was like, yes, girl. She's like, she was coming back from Hobbs, it looks like. And Hobbs is a place you go for drugs. And she was coming back this way. And that's when she got arrested. So she wasn't just driving. She was actually coming back from like a drug score. I'm like, how did you how did you figure this out? Also, thank you for your service. Oh, I just, she's got that one shoe on. She's driving. She's got the one shoe and a stolen car. And then Clint asks her about the rental car. And she says, I don't want to get into that now. I left it at the store. What store? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. She says uh, she talks on and on and on about her addiction and getting arrested. She's she's literally taking no accountability. Like she has no role in it. Like well, this like like it happened to her. She had nothing to do with it. And then she says, you know, I never left you. I just left you for a while. And then when he says, okay, you know, great, uh, that's fine. And then she says. <laughs> He says, baby, where's the car? Where's the car? Because that's, you know, that's a lot of money that he has to come up with. And she goes, listen, I don't really want to talk about it. I left it at the store. And he goes, okay, like, what? Yeah. What's what store? Like, are we she doesn't want to talk about it because she knows she's being recorded. Exactly. And Clint is a man who doesn't really he doesn't really dig any deeper with follow up questions. He could barely even get the first question right. So he is a perfect person to just scam repeatedly. I mean, yeah, it is so yeah. sad. Yeah, and then after she says at the store, he, you know, as if they live in a town with only one store, he he takes that at face value. Right. And then, you know, he tells her, you're the love of my life, and no divorce, no divorce, right, babe? And then she says, divorce is not in her vocabulary. That's right, and neither are many other words. <laughs> <laughs> she is in it. To win it with Clint. I mean, she is going to stick by his side. She is on Instagram and Twitter right now fighting all kinds of people. It's hilarious. She is really coming in hot on social media. You guys, if you don't follow her, I don't know what her handle is. You can find her. She has her. Doesn't she have her job listed as Love After Lockup? We were laughing about that last time. But she is definitely uh, very active out there. So I don't think she's back in prison. I'm sure she's listed as public figure. Um, Public figure. So she says, um, you could come see me tomorrow. And he is so pumped. I mean, he can hardly even contain himself. And he's also, like I wrote, he's covered in scabs and ashes. <laughs> and she said, I'll put you on my visitor list, babe. Oh, I mean, God. that's what you want to hear from your partner, right? I'll put you on my uh, visitors list. Um, yeah, since, that's, since they're married. Um, okay, now we have to talk about her tattoo. Can, that <laughs> that shot of her, that what? It was, it was like a two-minute scene of her shackled to a chair 
it was one of those moments again where I lifted both fists in the air and I was like, yes! <laughs> I could not believe what I was watching. I mean, if someone would have walked through the room at that moment, they would have been like, what? I'm like, I'm watching a legit show that I love. There's a woman shackled to a chair and she's being interviewed with a camera. Yes. This is not it, Dateline. This is a reality it, TV show. It looked a little like Dateline. First of all, they outdid themselves with getting that dash cam footage. Now they've got her shackled to a chair she she she's in, it says she's in prison for six days. So all of a sudden, within six days, she's best friends with her bunkie, which we know from um, Marcelino and Brittany that could also mean lesbian girlfriend. We're not sure. And it says she got her bunkie to do it on her ring finger with pen ink, shampoo, and a staple. That's right. That's right. Who knew? I mean, I'm learning so much from this show. You can trade heroin for shrimp. You can hang up clothes along your bunk to have a private suite. You know, you just need to look out. And you can get a tattoo with a staple, pen ink, and shampoo. I had no idea. All right. The staple and the pen ink part I got, okay, because you have to heat up the staple, right? And then you, like, cut into the skin, and then you put the pen ink in there, and then it, like, goes under the skin. Like, that part I got. But the shampoo. What was the the shampoo for? I don't know. I feel like there's some chemical. I feel like these people are chemists. (laughs) Like on another level, because there has to be something with the shampoo that makes it set or so. I don't know. Somebody tell me what is going on here. Also, what did you think that actually said on her finger? Well, I assumed it said Clint because I do not have a dirty mind. And like I said, I don't like people to say the word fart. So upon closer inspection, it did not appear to say the word Clint. The L and the I were together, and that's all I'm going to say, because I don't say that word because I'm a lady, goddammit. But that was, I, I think she got punked. She got a See You Next Tuesday <laughs> tattoo on her finger. Yes, I think, she did. I think she, I think and she, she did. says, I got the little heart over the eye, and I'm going to show him that I really love him. As she is shackled to a chair. I mean, if this is not a golden TV moment, I don't know what is. I mean, she can hardly lift her hand up because it's shackled to a chair to show it. But my comment was, who said romance is dead? Exactly. Exactly. Okay, so Brittany and Marcelino. The big reveal this week was that Brittany is pregnant. Now, a lot of people have known this. It's been out there, spoiled. You know, I think Stark has a random story. But it is revealed that she's pregnant. How is she pregnant so fast and why? I wrote, how come no one on the show knows how to use a condom? Exactly. Um, like, is everyone Kalani and Asuelu on the show? They're all, uh, like, condoms are for slut people? <laughs> yes, except for Asuelu kind of has, you know, uh, I don't know. His thought was at least a little linear and valid on his thought. These people are just like, oh, yeah, you've been in prison where I'm sure you have no diseases. Let's do it with no condom. Um yeah. So the first thing I write here is Sasha's parents sure are nice to let them use this house because it's a bunch of convicts in there, you know, having a barbecue. No shit. In every room, like roaming around. I'm like, what is happening here? This is a nice house. It was very nice. And then I wrote Amanda, a.k.a. No Chin, a.k.a. Public Figure, <laughs> comes to the party with a friend. <laughs> she can't. Oh, my God, Amanda. She is such a prop at this point. I mean, this whole thing with Brittany, I feel like it's kind of played out. But, yeah, she brings this new girl. I don't even remember her name. I just called her, like, the girl in my recap on Reality T. Do you, do you remember her name? Did we even see it? Uh, I'm looking. I'm looking. I'm looking. And it just says she comes with her friend in quotes. 
And, you know, then, yeah. No, I, don't, I didn't write her name down. I don't care. Well, all we need to know about her is she's all up in the Kool-Aid and doesn't even know the flavor. Yeah. Explain to me that logic. <laughs> so Marcelino gets confronted by this new girlfriend of Amanda or whatever. And uh-huh. she is te- he's basically arguing with her his whole caveman theory where a woman can't give a man what a man can. And he can give Brittany something in her relationship that no woman can, blah, blah, blah. He's doing his Marcelino bullshit bit. And this girl's like... You have no idea what Brittany needs. You have no idea what a woman needs. And so, and then afterwards, he's like, she haul up in the Kool-Aid and doesn't even know the flavor. I think it's like, he's, uh, she's like assessing your heterosexual relationship, even though she's not in one. That's my, like, if I'm going to do like an English major literary analysis of that line, I would assume that's what he means, but I don't even know if he knows what he means. See, I didn't take it like that. Like you're saying, like she doesn't understand what it's like to be with a penis because she's a lesbian. That's what you think? Yes. That's oh, okay. See, I was thinking she's all trying to get up in the business of their story and their romance, but she's new and she doesn't even know. Sure, that too. Yes, that too. Yeah, he, he says uh, it's as if a woman could compete with a man in a relationship. And I wrote, he is fighting with a girl with a tattoo on her clavicle that says "baby." I know, right? <laughs> uh, but also Britney's tattoos also. I mean, she she is really a beautiful, I think. Her hair is gorgeous and I'm jealous of it, but her tattoos are so tragic. Okay. It's funny you said that because my next line is we get a brand new sight of Britney's back of her thigh tattoos. Oh. She has so much writing on her, it's like a novel. It is really bad. It's really bad. Yeah. It's like graffiti. It's like on the back of each of her thighs, which to me is not on my personally, not the place I would like to draw attention. She's got like these huge letters. And I want to know, like, does one say Tito and then one says the name of her baby? Like, what would be the two words you would put on the back of your thighs under your butt? So when you're wearing shorts, people could read it as you're walking by. Like, oh my what? God, like, don't look up. What, what does it say? I mean, I, I, yeah, I've told you before, like, I'm very upset about the hand tattoos. I, I can get with the get your arm done and do a sleeve and I can absolutely, get behind it. Absolutely, absolutely. Do, do your thing. But the ones on the hands really irk me because I'm like, she's going to get like a pretty diamond ring. And you're not going to be able to see it. It's and she could I mean, she just could have gotten Marcelino like around her finger from um, Tracy's bunkie. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but you know what, though? She's a lady, Mary Payne. I mean, she's not going to fight that bitch because she's pregnant. <laughs> yeah yeah he says uh <clears throat> i'm gonna do my marcelino impression he says <laughs> he says britney is vol a tile we are dealing with feelings and that girl needs to exit <laughs> <laughs> thank you thank you i worked oh on that oh my god amazing yeah and she's outside she's like is she calling sasha bunky is that Sashi, what she's saying? Yeah, Sasha was her Sasha was her bunkie, and then Amanda was her girlfriend. Right, but she's calling Sasha bunkie. Like they call each other bunk. Like we're like flashback to the wire to that character bunk. She's like bunkie. I can't fight her, bunkie. I'm pregnant, and I'm like, yeah, she, what? she's been calling her. She's been calling her bunkie from when we first met Sasha. Because I they were, didn't even yeah. catch that. It's yeah. gone completely over my head until this week. Until she said it about sixteen times. I was like, why do you keep calling her bunkie? I'm like, is this a thing? I. I can we call each other that from now on? <laughs> I would love to be I would love to be somebody's bunky without having to actually go to prison. <laughs> bunky? What'd you think of the next couple? 
Let's talk about, actually, we got to talk about the thruple. We got to talk about Michael, Megan, and Sarah. What the hell? Again, we still do not see the confrontation. They are dragging this one out. But we do see, we do see Mother Michael kind of come in and insert herself in a different way this week. Did that surprise you? It, it did. It, her turn, her turn surprised me. But let me tell you what, what is so precious is this little girl, Aviana. I don't even know how you spell it. There's so many extra letters, but, but she's so cute and they are in the kitchen and, oh, she's so cute. And, and then we see uh, Sarah say, well, it's been two weeks and things are going great. And I'm just waiting for the right time to tell them I'm pregnant. Right. Right. And also Sarah is on social media now publishing her medical records. What the hell is that all about? She's like, since my baby bump isn't convincing you, here's my ultrasound, bitches. She's like completely going crazy, putting her medical records on Instagram. Right. But then the picture next to it is like, wind down Wednesday. Here I am with my gals. I know. I don't get it. it? I do not (laughs) get it. It's like she's trying to like tell you the truth, but keep you interested. And it, I don't know, man, what are we supposed to do? We can't believe any of these people, but she's not telling anyone, at least at the time of filming that she's pregnant, or we're supposed to believe that she's not telling anyone. Do you, I feel like she definitely told Michael at this point, because him changing his tune, I think is based on more than his mom, just giving him that little come to Jesus talk. No, he changed his tune before that. And I think it's because he saw Megan he got what he wanted, and that made him feel like, you know, a man. I don't know if he needed to film with both of them to get an extra $1,000 or something. True. And, I mean, so meanwhile, Megan, they say she's back at home, but she's actually at her parents' house because we've seen her apartment, and this is her parents' house. And in her confessionals, I don't know if you noticed it, but she looked so bad and sweaty in her confessionals, like – they had like ran in the dorm, like, hey, sit in front of this green screen and don't don't bother blotting off your sweat. Very strange. She was um, writing something on social media about how she didn't like her confessionals because she was far along in her pregnancy at that point. So she had like, you know, like a hot flash, like like you get, like all the crazy stuff, you know. No, puffiness. I'm talking about no, I'm talking about Megan. Megan. Oh, not I thought Sarah. you were talking about Sarah. Oh shit. No. Megan. Yeah, she looked. I didn't even notice that. Super sweaty and bad in this confessional. Because normally in these confessionals, she looks, her makeup is flawless. She looks really pretty. She doesn't have it on the dorky glasses. But she says, you know, he's got all these strict parole restrictions now. That's AKA his wife. Um, but she's going to go there and she just can't wait to meet up with his mom and his daughter and his sister. Right. Right. I love the conversation that they had when Megan was like, I'm just going to fly out there. And he's like, what now? Huh? What'd you say? <laughs> like, he's just, he doesn't even have and, any words. And then he goes, you know, I'm going to pick your fine ass up at the airport. <laughs> and we see a preview of him picking her up. But his plan is now, his Pacific plan has changed. His Pacific plan has become dumping her ass pretty much as soon as he picks her up. Yes. And so they show the the moms in town. So they're walking along some waterfront situation and he's happy for her to be there. And he keeps saying like, this is so great. My mom is here. Can spend time with her granddaughter and my wife. And he's all my wife, my wife. And I can't wait to be with my wife. I'm like, oh, now she's your wife. Right. Yeah. Now. I feel like she told him she was pregnant. I really, truly do. But I don't know. We'll see. We'll see if they can... If they can act their way through it. But it looks like he gets arrested next week. Yeah. So so let's 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 discuss this. The mom 
who previously when we saw her, which can only have been like two weeks prior, she's all, you can't hold him down and he's a dog and he's got all these women and ha ha, that's funny. But now all of a sudden she's taken a total different turn and she's all slow your roll with the other females, focus on Sarah, focus on Aviana. And you know, that girl's going to have to go. And then he says, this is growth. He says he knows he makes a lot of excuses for doing what he does, and he couldn't believe that his mom actually took a stand on it. And I've been like, well, his mom is smart. And then he starts saying, you know, I've been locked up since I was 15, and I'm trying not to be a player. And uh, two weeks ago, he was going to give Megan this fake ring, but now he's saying he's going to quit it with her, and he's going to tell her when he picks her up at the airport. I'm like, this is not not a Pacific plan. This is a very non-Pacific plan. Exactly. We need Emmy's take on this. We need Emmy to come back in. Girl, we need to we need to know what you know. I really truly think not only did does Michael know that Sarah's pregnant, but Michael's mother Michael knows that she's pregnant because this seemed to take a turn out of nowhere. You're right. Before it was all like, well, yeah, you can't hold him down, you know, he's going to do what he's going to do, da da da. They know that something has changed. And so that's why they're having this serious conversation. And all of a sudden, he's going to recommit to his actual wife. I think you're right, because Sarah and the mom sit down Mm -hmm. and they're all very nice and sweet. And the mom is commending Sarah on standing by him and being such a good mother and how she's working and going to school and being a mom. And then off camera, she says, listen, I'm never going to tell her. But I mean, if she asked me, I'm going to tell her. Right. Also, yeah, I'm being interviewed right now for a TV show, so she's going to find out. Yep. <laughs> like, yeah, It's so crazy. Yeah, the camera and the microphone might be an indicator that she's probably going to find out. <laughs> what do we think he gets arrested for next week? Is he a parole violation? I mean, something else? Well, maybe he, maybe he like Tracy's not supposed to be dri- driving, but he says as he's driving to the airport, he's been contemplating on what to do. And he has a good angel and a bad angel. And she says as she's getting off the thing that she has an open-ended ticket so she can stay as long as she wants. And then <laughs> she has this huge bag. He's like, uh, um, why is your bag so heavy? And she's like, you know, I'm staying for a while. And <laughs> he said, it's placed in my head that I'm going to let her go, but it's not placed in my heart. Oh, my God. <laughs> what, how many T-shirts do we need to get screen printed at this point? I mean, there are so many gems to come out of this. And we actually forgot the best line of the night. I can't even believe it. Clint, Clint gave us a wonderful Dr. Philism about pencils uh, and erasers. <laughs> you know what? I didn't even write that down because I knew that you were going to say it. It was pretty much the most amazing thing we've ever heard from Clint. And we've heard some amazing lines from Clint. He says, you know, people make mistakes. That's why pencils have erasers. You know, his mother said that to him after watching Dr. Phil one day. You know, every adult in Clint's life has said that to him and continues to say that to him because he is one big pencil who needs an eraser. He sort of looks like an eraser with all that ash all over him and that color that he is. And he's just sort of flaky. Did you see how his tuft was looking a little more limp this week? My tuft theory. It's really true. Well, I was thinking once he got off the phone with her and he was so excited and everything, and he found out the car was at the store, um, that his tuft seemed to raise a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) It it put renewed wind back in his tuft. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I I think that that's – 
I need a meme made of that right away with like his tuft going flat and up and flat and up with his with his mood. Exactly. Oh my somebody, god. Somebody somebody make that for us. I don't know how to do that. <laughs> Thank you in advance for your service because we do need that. So, okay, let's move on to seeking sister wife. I was really pissed this week that we did not see Kermie. I need Kermie every week. No more skipping. Okay. So, the winders, the winders, I don't know. Sophie has her own house. Yeah. Yeah. What's her job? What's her job? I need to know what her job is. I think her job is uh, to get the house paid for by her parents. I truly think it is. I mean, there's no, she does nothing. But but the dad is dead, they say, because um, Mama No Teeth says, she says that she had one sister wife and that they're still best friends, even though the husband is gone. Which, yeah, that they killed, allegedly. Just kidding. So um, Mother Sophie, I, that's right. We did get her, but we didn't get any of the the sister wives and Colton. But we did get Mother Sophie, which is who we were really looking forward to this week. Okay. I've got some information on Mama No Teeth. Okay. She... She on one of the, so I like I texted you last night and said I'm going into this Reddit I'm going into these sister wife Facebook pages like I'm going in <laughs> and what is said is that Mama No Teeth went on one of these Facebook pages and said that the reason she doesn't have any teeth is and I'm seriously hoping that you're not holding a hot cup of coffee when I tell you this the way she lost them was in a trampoline accident. What the fuck? Stop it. Yeah. No. If even- I. If I get, if I gave you twenty choices, would trampoline accident be in one of those twenty choices of how <laughs> Mama Sophie lost her teeth? That is such a polygamist related accident. It truly is because okay, I recapped my five wives back in the day that stu- that show literally about five wives and like four hundred children that this guy had, and they were all about that damn trampoline. And I actually associate trampolines with polygamist families. I mean, okay, and I will say we had a trampoline at one time. A tree fell on it. It's gone now. But so no shade to trampoline owners. They're fun. But I feel like all polygamists really love the trampoline. Well, if you would have watched season one, you would know that the Brineys had a spectacular trampoline in their backyard for their 406 kids. Yeah, it's something that they really get behind. So you know what? Trampoline accident is probably right up there in the emergency needs of polygamous. Yeah. So I wrote back to the person who said this, I said, I'm going to need more details and I'm going to need a link to this post because how would that happen? She's 60 something years old (laughs) and her, she would have tripped on her hair. I don't understand. Why was she on a trampoline? And they wrote back, this is all she said that it, that she was, they, somebody said she was very nice on all the Facebook groups and didn't engage and get nasty. She was lovely. And she did say that her teeth had come out in a trampoline accident. But my thought is she could have gone to the store that Scott went to and gotten something just for filming. Yeah. She doesn't give a fuck. I was dying at her because she was looking at her son who wants nothing to do with polygamy with her toothless ass, with her hair up in a clip, fully doesn't even care that cameras are on her. Good for her. And she's like, why don't you want this life? And he's looking at her like, is this, are we not experiencing why I don't want this life? Like, look at you. But she just is so convicted that her life is hashtag winning. She, that couch conversation, first of all, I was, 
about to lay down on my couch and go to sleep. It was so boring. They're like, oh, yeah, we got this couch and we picked it out together. And, oh, yeah, it's a nice couch. Well, I have to go to work. Okay. Do you like the couch? Because we, I was like, okay, we got it. You got a brand new couch. We got it. And the mom and Sophie are each in their separate Barker loungers. And Angelo's there with his girlfriend. And in front of the girlfriend, the the mama no teeth is on and on about, um, well, why wouldn't you choose this? And it's so great. And the girlfriend's sitting there like, this is pretty awkward. Yeah. And I, yeah. And he's like, this is not the life for me. And I wrote, Angelo is a goddamn hero. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. He's a, he's a hero. <laughs> He's the hero of the entire series. All right. So we move from them to the Aldridges in Niagara Falls. And they basically have no story right now because Jennifer had to go back to scores or she had a family emergency, whichever. It was a sitch. It was a sitch. It was a sitch. And it wasn't the smoking. It was a family emergency in air quotes uh, that she can't explain. She can't explain it to producers. She can't explain it to the family who she's trying to marry into. And they all just have to accept it. And then he goes back to the hotel room and confesses that he did put his arm around her at one point, And he wants okay. to be transparent about that. And she's gone. What he said was, I put my arm on her as I was going down. <laughs> That's what he said. Was that on the ice when he was falling down? Yes, but it sounded... It sounded different. It sounds amazing. Um, yeah. So he tells them they're going to have to wait for their manicure date. And Sharice is like, oh, I was looking forward to getting my nails done. And um, Vanessa, who's the number one wife, which is really number two wife, she's like, well, I'm just sorry. And I hope that she's okay. And it doesn't really have any red flags. And um, they seem to be totally fine with it. But we you glossed over when she was leaving and she was telling him like, I've got a family emergency. I have to leave. And he says, well, I hope I can see you again. And she goes, yeah. Okay. Yeah. She was like, mm-hmm, yeah. See you never. I mean, do you think we're ever going to see her even one more time on Skype or anything this season? No. I, I and, and it was interesting because on the ice skating date and afterwards when they were talking and stuff, she did seem into it. But she got outside and got that phone call and crouched down, and that was it. She was like, got to go. She took her mic off, so we couldn't even hear what she was saying to the producer. No, we couldn't. And she seemed like she just needed to get the hell out of there. So, okay, fine. Maybe there was some emergency, or maybe somebody was like, you're wanted in five states, and they're going to catch up with you. You can't be seen filming anymore. Who knows what the actual emergency was? But I don't think we are ever going to see her again. Like This family is just continually ghosted by their potential sister wives. Yeah, I think in this situation, you know, like you have to you have to tell yourself, it's, you know, like if you have a situation with all the friends and you're always the one, the central character, and there's always these fight with these friends, like you know, it's you. You're the one. That's you're right. the problem. That's right. That's right. That's what they say. If you're if you don't know if you don't have a weirdo in your neighborhood, you're the weirdo. <laughs> yeah. Oh no. Oh no. <laughs> so you better start looking around. You better oh, name no. one now, because if not, it's you. Oh, I can name one. He lives right behind me. <laughs> That's per- perfect. As long as you can name one, you're good. All right. So we move on to let's let's save the McGee's for last because damn, we got a lot of shit to say about them, both behind the scenes and what we saw unfold this week. Let's just talk about the stupid ass Snowdens, who I just can't even take at this point. So the woman okay. is give me her name again because I haven't even committed it to memory. That's how like 
uh, Vanessa or Mama no, Donna? Uh, no, uh, Ashley, Ashley, Ashley. I was going to call her Karen. I'm like, why? Do, why is Karen <laughs> sticking in my head? So Ashley gets sent on a trip to L.A. Bullshit, whatever. She's like, oh yeah, Dimitri sends me on a trip for my birthday every year or whatever. Is it for her birthday, her anniversary? I don't even know. No, it's for her birthday, and she's okay. like, I mean, I've been to Thailand, I've been to Sri Lanka, I've been to China, I've been, and this year I'm going to L.A. Right. He really like, outdid himself you- this year. She says. Are you- Used about what LA is like because I mean LA is great, but she's like when she's naming all these exotic locations and then they show them and she's picking like picking a scroll of where she's going to get sent. Which by the way, we know he's sending her away so he can just have sex with a bunch of other women for a week. Exactly. He's like pick pick carefully. Like what if she wouldn't have? They, they all said LA because number one, it was easier for production to film there, and number two, we see in the previews now they're talking about moving to LA. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So that's really what's going on. He sent her mother along with her. Let me just say that I, we all know that this is for production. But if my husband had sent me away for my birthday with my small baby and said, oh, and your mother's going to meet you there too, I would have been like, and we're going to be divorced as soon as I return. This is the worst gift you've ever given me. Like you don't send a mom away with her baby for a fun time. <laughs> or her mother that or she her doesn't mother. to get along with. Yeah, I'm like, this is some bullshit right here. So yeah, we know it was all for production. And what happens is Mama Donna, who is amazing, but who turns on us. I thought she was going to hold it down the whole time and totally be the voice of the people. She starts out that way. She is confronted by Dimitri and Vanessa popping up and trying to convince her that taking on a new sister wife is a good thing. Yeah. Okay. So Dimitri now all of a sudden is in another state. Um, so, so Vanessa lives in Seattle. They live in Atlanta. So he gets her over to L.A. and we just don't get any of the logistics on this. But now all of a sudden he has bought her a ticket and suddenly they're in a car in a different state, California, together. And I'm thinking to myself, OK, now are they being let's put it in air quotes and say it together. Intimate. Are they being are, are they now being intimate? But in the car and then in her talking heads and stuff, Vanessa acts like. She is marrying into the royal family and that this is the dream of her life. And she just is hoping everyone accepts her and Mama Donna is going to be her mother-in-law and she wants to be accepted. I'm like, girl, you are trying too hard. Like in a normal relationship, it's equal. Like each person is equally excited about the other. Like she's way, 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 way too into it. Right. Like she's in a pageant and she just wants to be picked. It is so bizarre. She is so out of their pay grade, too. It is completely bizarre to me. I keep asking, what has happened to this woman? What is going on? Why is she doing this? When she breaks down in tears at that lunch, I was like mouth agape looking at that. Like, is she really emotional over these fools? Like, I I felt, I, I really truly felt like those were her true feelings. It was crazy to me to see that. Yeah, it was. Yeah. So meanwhile, she's crying and Mama D is eating French fries with a fork. And which I just always find very strange. And she says after she cries, because she says she would never hurt Ashley and all this. And Mama D says she knows that that's what they want and she's going to wish them well. And then she said, and I think this is the wine talking. She says, you all can figure out who sleeps with who on what night or if you all want to sleep together, it's none of my business. Ashley nods like, "Uh uh-huh. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I want to go back to the the truest statement 
that was spoken. But then, of course, she reneged on it later where she said, there can't be two queens in a castle. Yes. Yes. I, I was thinking, okay, that's when I thought, yeah, that's when I thought she's going to, because she was like, I am not here for this. I am not ready for this. So I'm thinking, how do they film this? They take her out. They're like, okay, now that you've met her, now come stand over here and we're going to do a talking head. Okay, now you can go back to the table and eat fries with a fork. And then now you have to come back over here and do a talking head. And it, <laughs> And at one point, they had a talking head of Ashley, which was clearly filmed on – I mean, I'm sorry, of Vanessa that was clearly filmed on a different day. And she has on no makeup. Did you see that one? I and did. She looked yes. gorgeous. She's, well, she's, she is she's, beautiful. I mean, she's it beautiful. makes no sense. The None of this makes any sense. I read something mm-hmm. about how Dimitri had worked for a school district somewhere, Ohio. Who? Somebody who found this, tell us what's going on on the Facebook page, but – and he actually stole money and was fired or he embezzled money from the school. It was like really some fucked up shit. Well, I read an article with the two of them, um, Ashley and Dimitri, and I think it's from kind of the end of uh, season one. And that's how they met because she worked at a school in administration of some sort. And he was the tech guy. And he's like joking like, oh, yeah, something's always wrong with her computer. And I had to come in and from – Day one, hour one, minute one, they discussed this plural family. And, you know, uh, Ashley, she says in this interview no more than 12 times that she studied anthropology. Well, guess what? So did I. I mean, I had to take it for my English major. But she says she studied anthropology, and that's why she was so interested in this way of life. And he said, you know, he had always just thought that, it, you know, that was the great way to go. And um, something about his dad being Cuban. I'm like, what does that have to do with it? But she said <laughs> – but but she says that um, they were always on board to do this. And so the interviewer then says to Dimitri, like, so you've never been monogamous. And he said, oh, no, it's the opposite. You know, when I've been in relationships, I've always been monogamous. So I'm like, OK, but he just wants to be monogamous with like four people, I guess. This is bullshit. These two are like the mad libs of philosophical approaches <laughs> to life. Seriously. I mean, they got a bindi on the baby. It's like baby bindi. They like you said, they got the pampers and the vegan diet. It's they're just so fucked up. They are really a grab bag of philosophical lifestyle. Yeah. I, I don't even have the words for it. I'm not I'm without words, but you get what I mean. Well, it, she took the baby on the trip. But she left the baby with a babysitter, which you know was just a hotel babysitter. Totally. And, and she's drinking. It Listen, just makes I know, no sense. I know that you can drink when you're breastfeeding. You have to wait a certain amount of time and pump right. it out, blah, blah, blah. Don't at me. I know. But it's just so – it's so against how she's so peace, love, meditation. I'm going to take my baby with me and latch on and we all sleep in the same bed together with our six wives and 12 kids. I mean – and then – you're right. It's they are the the mad libs of I'm going to throw in the word anthropological study, and then my dad's from Cuba. What? Right. I exactly. Mean, You're like, I, was that a verb or a noun or what the fuck is going on right now? They are. They completely make no sense. And then Vanessa also makes no sense. None of it makes any sense. Okay, but the final couple we have to talk about. We have to move on to these guys before we wrap up. Are the McGees, Paige mm-hmm. and Bernie, because. Mm-hmm. There is some dark, dark shit going on that broke all over the different Facebook groups and things last night with Paige. And we'll talk about that at the end of maybe the episode wrap. Let's just talk about what happened on the episode itself before we get to that. So Paige and Bernie have (laughs) built their online dating profile and Bernie's is on fire, apparently. He's got all kinds of women interested in him, which is shocking to me. 
yes. And so he says he's looking for someone that's just easy to get along with. And she says, you know, I just want a sister. And here I write, girl, find a friend. Find right. a friend. It, you don't have to let your husband screw another woman in your house just just to find a friend. Right, exactly. Yeah, I, I have not had that problem. But it's bit, pretty much the subtext is, I'm just looking for a sister, dot, 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 to bone my gross husband for me. Yeah, and so they start talking online to this girl named Brandy. Okay, so Brandy already has two kids. The McGees have two older kids in their 20s, the two younger kids that are 14 and 12, and two grandkids. I they are, missed they all claim, that. Yes. They claim that they claim they're 41. Okay. And maybe they are. And they, you know, had the two older kids when they were like teenagers, but Brandy doesn't want any more kids. Okay. Guess what? All three of you are old. You got enough kids. <laughs> Quit trying to have kids. You're all in your forties. You guys got four kids. She's got two kids and you have two grandkids. That's eight kids. <laughs> I mean, if, if oh the whole God. if the whole reason for this thing is that you want to have more kids, guess what? There's a foster care system that you could go and find some children to foster and adopt. I mean, something. You don't need to no, try to be no system better hand over any kids to these fucked up families for no, real. No, I'm not. I'm not recommending that. No, but seriously, this is not for the kids. This is not to procreate. This is for Bernie to get it on with some other chick. I mean, period. I mean, that he's joking that, well, she's got to be hot enough that I date her. And I'm like, okay, but not too hot that my wife gets jealous. That's his rule. Yeah. And they're like, hee hee, this is hilarious. Now the kids are 14 inches away from them. And they're like, and they're like, how come the kids are listening? I'm like, well, you're in an open space living area and the kids are in the den and you're at the table. Uh, Of course you're yelling with a camera on you into your wife in the kitchen. I'm pretty sure they can hear you. Yeah. And I was pretty sure they could hear you when you hatched the plan in the R fucking V. Yeah. I mean, they were really, if they were six centimeters from each other. Exactly. And then they say, you know, they're looking, he's She's saying, Bernie's so flirty. And I'm like, Bernie thinks he's a stud. He's disgusting. But they say, oh, here's this one woman's from Jackson. You know, that's where I'm from. Okay, Jackson and Brandon are almost the exact same thing. I mean, they are, you know, put one foot in the other, one foot in the other at the same time. I mean, saying they're from Jackson is not like saying, oh, they're from New York City. I mean, it's right down the road. Um, And they should say, oh, look, this woman is a therapist. I'm like, are you on the right site or is he on his Tinder account? I mean. Exactly. I know. And also we then move to, let's, let's just talk about what happens at the end of the episode. Proof of Bernie being a disgusting pig because he is not, he's not really sexting with someone. I mean, what would you classify? I guess he is. He's, he's basically talking about sex acts with someone who he's met on one of these dating websites. Well, this was not a, a a planned filming, you could tell, because he did not seem to be his normal, ha-ha, I'm so funny. Totally. So, uh, he sat in that chair, and before he comes in, she has said, now, he's my husband, and I trust him, but I know all his passwords and his social media, so I'm like, well, I could tell you trust him. So she goes in, <laughs> and, she, and she finds these raunchy messages, and she's mad, and she first she says, she goes around the subject and says, now, I, now listen, 
there's this woman and she's saying that she knows how to please a man. And you're saying back to her, you have to show me. And he's going, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, nope, we're not going to talk about this. Nope. Please don't say it. Please don't say it. And then she says, now I think that we should, you know, agree to no sex before marriage. And I think the sexting is, is cheating and blah, blah, blah. And he's going, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, don't say it. Don't say it. And then in the previews for next week, after the producer probably poked her a while, say, just say what he said. And the woman has saying she's really good at blowjobs and he wants, you know, he wants details on that. Oh, it is That's- so vile. I mean, Bernie. Oh, Mary Payne. I can't even deal with thinking about Bernie and any kind of sex act. I mean, yeah, they do poker until she finally says it next week. He is such a dirty pig. I mean, they all are. Is it weird, though, that the Snowdens creep me out more than even Bernie? Why is that? So Dimitri grosses you out more than Bernie? More than Bernie. And Bernie is on paper, like, really the most disgusting. But Dimitri, like, skeeves me out even on another level. I got to reflect on that. Okay. Well, okay. So, listen. For next week, and I'm gonna, then I have to tell you what I found on Reddit. The winders look for a new woman, and cute wife number one is not thrilled. Tammy. Um, she doesn't want to, she doesn't want to do the online profile. She gets mad in the kitchen and walks off. Um, the Snowdens want to all move to California with Vanessa. And I have to tell you, I think this is a great idea. I think they should find some hippy dippy community in California and all be spiritually married together. Exactly. Uh, Bernie doesn't want Paige to say out loud what he said. Well, she says it. And then of course we all want to know if Aldridge has ever seen Jennifer again. Um, okay. So I told you I do some deep diving and I did. So, I read the Winders blog press site, so you don't have to. <laughs> they have some beautiful photos of this picture, really. So they say they do not identify as LDS, which is traditional Mormon. Mm-hmm. They don't identify as FLDS, which is fundamentalist Mormon. And then they say, this is like Warren Jeffs, even though most of them are good people. But they just had to go underground, and that's how the abuse started. They identify as Mormon fundamentalists, so they believe in the teachings of uh, Joseph Smith. All right. Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. That's that's number one. Okay. Uh, the interview I read with the Snowdens, they they say specifically they are spiritually married, but not legally married. And I say this I, I, this is what I wrote down. This is before you and I just had this conversation. It was so full of huge highbrow words that make no sense. <laughs> That's what I said. Of course it was. And Ashley is, I put in all caps, anthropologist. So she studied the ways of life. So she knows the way to go. Oh my God, these posers. I can't with them. Okay. Jeff of the Aldridge's was was married to Cynthia. His marriage is currently dissolving. They had eight children. Jesus Christ. And that's the first wife who you talked about that he's legally married to still, even though it's, quote, dissolving. They're not divorced yet. Yes. So he had eight with her. He has seven kids with Sharice and Vanessa. Those children ages are 10, 8, 8, 6, 4, 3, and 2. And he spiritually married these women when he was in his 40s. So let's just say the oldest Dane, D-I-I-N, um, Dane is 10, so maybe now 11. So let's just say Jeff is at the very minimum, like, 53. Yeah. hmm Yeah. That sounds about right. He has 15 children. Yeah. 
Yeah. And he wants more. He wants more. So they really are doing it for more children. I mean, he's doing it for other reasons too. But again, I have to wonder, what the hell is he doing financially? Now, people have written to me and reminded me of all of the scams that go on within these families, you know, the different things that they do to get state aid, how none of them are legally married so they can qualify as single mothers and they can get federal and state aid through this, and which is really disgusting to me if they're using the system like that. So there could be some of that shit going on. But also, he does have some kind of work. He works, right? Uh, this I don't know because every time I've typed in his age or his job, nothing comes up. Oh, my God. Maybe they are just living off assistance. This is, like, really sick. Okay, but I did find out now how the Aldridges and the Brineys and the Browns are all connected. Yes. Okay, good. Okay, so Jeff Aldridge is friends with Cody Brown. And all the friends, they're all family friends because they all go to the same church. Okay, it's called the Apostolic United Brethren Church, which just sounds like terrifying okay so <laughs> sounds very normal yeah when they lived close together the brineys family from season one and the aldridges used to have family get-togethers and their favorite activity to watch was ufc fights um doesn't seem very christian and the brineys first met angela which was their third wife angela who had the one baby in season one they first met her at the aldridge house she was there. Ah, she okay. was there as a friend. She was just outside okay. jumping on the trampoline or some shit. Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh huh. Trying not to knock her teeth out. So the 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 community of non FLDS polygamists in Utah is small. So the families have a connection. So here's the connection: Aspen A S P Y N, Aspen Brown, who is the daughter of Cody and Christine. Okay, mm-hmm. is engaged to Vanessa Aldridge's brother Mitch. Okay, so they are going to be marrying their families together legally, or is this is this like a first wife situation? This Aspen, it, it appears. Well, I don't know because it says Aspen and <laughs> Aspen and Mitch have been friends for many years. Both families are members of the Apostolic United Brethren Church. Um, I feel like it's only a matter of time until the first, second, third generations down from this all are like the hills have eyes. <laughs> Children of the corn. Right. Yeah. Uh-huh. I mean, you got to be careful with this shit. This is not okay. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. It's getting a a little, it's getting a little uh, incestual. A little. (laughs) Or or a lot, depending on how you look at it. So, okay, we have to talk about the the behind-the-scenes stuff that people were really on fire about this week when it comes to Paige, Paige McGee. Okay. So there was a DM, and I think it was a direct message from Facebook posted where Paige was writing to someone. I don't know who to, who that someone was. Do you know? Yeah, the story is is that, um, and it's a good thing that we had a holiday today because I was really able to last night stay up to like twelve and research this stuff because you know <laughs> I, I do journalism. it all for you. Right. Do it all for you. Hashtag journalism. So what happened was there was a Facebook group. Now I spent a lot of time last night trying to get into some of these Facebook groups. I did get, I did get accepted to one. Um, (laughs) and, but what I saw on Reddit was the screenshots. So someone had gone in one of these Facebook groups that a lot of these cast members are in from all the various families and had written something about Paige 
and they're wanting to have more children, basically insulting her because, I mean, it, it you know, it's, it's not hard. And she went in on this person and sent them a DM through the Facebook group because it says at the top, you know, you were not friends with the source. And so they sent her a DM on Facebook because they were both in a Facebook group. So she was able to message her. And I will not say what she said because it's horrible. But she basically says that her children have higher intelligence and insults this woman's foster child who has Down syndrome Mm -hmm. and basically says, I mean, I could say it exactly, but I really don't want to. But what she says basically is uh, there's a reason, you know, these children should be should be eliminated by God before they're born. Mm -hmm. She says that God is punishing her by giving her children with disabilities. Yes. And that God has a way of like weeding mm-hmm. out the people. Anyway, she says, what I'm saying is, is that my biological child has a higher intelligence. She's all mad. Like, why are you twisting my words? And then she says something even worse. Yep. And then Bernie says later when somebody says something to him on the public page and he says, Paige, you know, is, um, you know, volatile and is sometimes too quick to speak with her words. And I'm like, that's uh, your that's your excuse for her? No, there is no excuse. Basically, after I read that and I was like, is is this a legitimate source? And if I mean, are we are we sure that this was her? Is this a hundred percent? This was definitely her. So Bernie defended her saying, Yes, this was her. He says that uh he, he says that first he said she's quick with her words and she's, you know, too reactionary. That's what he said first. Then he later said that she was hacked. But the person that was writing about this said she was in the Facebook group making comments. One minute later, this person got this DM. And one minute after that on the timestamps, Paige is still on Facebook making comments. So she did not log out somebody hacked her logged in and they wrote this mean thing logged her back out you know what I mean yeah like all Mm -hmm. that all that didn't happen in the three minute time period she was actively on the Facebook page went to her DMs, sent this horrible note to this person and then went right back to the Facebook page um well then if this was her and it is and it is true she is dead to me I mean seriously I've never oh god we we know we followed reality tv for quite some time and there are some really volatile gross people you know everywhere both commenters and people starring in these shows this was about the lowest I've ever seen yeah she says um absolutely disgusting yeah, God never planned for children to exist who struggle with life and basic needs. You know, your child has this because what a horrible person you are, God punishes you. By the way, this is, again, is this this person's foster child that she's taken in. And then, I don't know, I guess Paige trolled her page and saw that she had a child with disabilities and decided that would be the thing she would go after. Yeah, but it didn't make sense to me because at the beginning of the message, when Paige, before she starts ranting about this absolutely evil shit... And I think it it was just, it, like I said, vile, most disgusting stuff ever. She says, how dare you publish photos of my grandkids? So I'm like, what kind of personal beef were these two in? Again, not that any of the total disgusting shit she said was justified, but where did that come from? Yes, that's what, that's probably what she was originally mad about is that if I had to completely guess, then probably this original poster got excited, went to her Facebook page, pulled off some pictures of her grandkids and probably, you know, 
as people do on Facebook and these things probably said like, look, here's a picture of her grandchildren. Can you believe this grandma would want to have a second wife and let her husband? Yes, gross. She probably said something like that. Right. right. Because it was a group where people are snarking just like we all do. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Probably something like that happened. And that's when she went nuts and was like, don't post pictures of my grandchildren. Okay. Well, I I mean, I, I get that point page but you're on a television show where I, i'm i really wish i could explain to you like it's probably like being from baraboo i mean brandon <laughs> is a brandon is a small town and they, the church they went to which is cross case baptist church is the biggest baptist church probably one of the biggest ones in the state i mean it's a huge baptist church i mean when i um, sent pages LinkedIn to my friend because again, hashtag journalism. I sent pages LinkedIn to a friend of mine who lives in Brandon and she goes, Oh my gosh, she was a, um, she worked there in the preschool is what it said on her LinkedIn. And, um, so-and-so a friend of ours is completely like the head was the head of that, you know, preschool board or whatever at that church. I'm going to get her to look into it. So I'm still waiting to get back from that. Um, she worked at a preschool school. after this bitch published what she did or after it got put out there and everyone's seen it. She's never going to work at a preschool again. She doesn't – I really am angered beyond what I what I normally am when I see vile posts. I mean, it weren't you when you read that. It was just absolutely disgusting. I can't – I can't even explain I had to read my it reaction. several times. Yeah, it was like I cannot believe a human being – is saying this to another human being. You're attacking a child with disabilities, saying they don't deserve to exist, that they're a mistake by God, and then comparing your own grandchildren and children to him or her. Because then she ends the post saying, like, when my kids grow up, they'll ha- they'll be getting jobs and blah, blah, blah. Well, your kid won't even know how to clean up garbage. I mean, she is – this person – is garbage. Paige McGee is garbage. And Bernie deserves to go out and fuck everything in sight and get as many blowjobs as he want after reading that. If he's even like a semi-decent person because she's evil. I'm pretty sure he's not a semi-decent person. <laughs> um, That's just my feeling. Um, Still, after reading that, I was like, I don't care what Bernie does. I, I mean – just the fact that they just the fact that they're doing this and they have their teenage sons on the TV participating really just says a lot. I know. They're all garbage people. I mean, my god. If you had to pick one of the families as being the least garbagey, who would who would it be? Uh, okay, here's my thoughts. Okay, the Aldridges, I think actually are doing this lifestyle because they grew up in it, they're called to it, they believe in it. And they generally, Jeff is generally a good dad, and I think he generally loves all these women, and they all look alike. I don't know. Um, the Snowdens are just, from what I read on social media from this um, sister wife that they had before, not season one, but the, by the way, the girl that was their sister wife for a while looks just like that girl in season one that he slept with accidentally. Um she says that he is a complete sexual deviant and right. that he has had millions and millions of affairs. And that is why Ashley came to this conclusion of her anthropological study situation. So I think that he's just a creep and somehow Ashley's going along with it. Um, the McGee's, uh, they're the worst. And then the the Winders, I think, Again, they were kind of called to this for religious reasons, and they grew up that way. So I just think they're very sort of vanilla and don't – they're not trying to hurt anybody. They're not – they're actually religious people who sort of believe in what they're doing. I mean, I think they're creepy, but 
so yes, in conclusion, you're correct. The McGee's are the worst. The McGee's are the worst. Exactly. Uh, yes. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I had to I had to go through all the people. I, had I, to go through- I, I love that breakdown. You just you just basically broke it all down for us though. Beautiful. That's why my goddess, that's why you do these recaps with me. Seriously. Oh my God. Thanks, Bunky. Bunky. I'm going to write down with a pencil right now that has an eraser what our time is because we are wrapping up. But I want you, before we go, to tell everyone who is coming on Pain in the Pod next week. And I also want to give you a shout out for that Sheila Wysocki interview. She does the podcast without warning about the Lauren Ag case. Your interview with her was the bomb. I wanted to hear you guys talk for another five hours. I loved it. Like I said, I talked to her for so long. And really, I was thinking today in the car, um, you know, I would like to do a follow up with her, yes. but really not even necessarily just about the podcast, but just about being a PI. We Can we get her on the case of these polygamous families? Uh, no, I think that is beneath her. <laughs> it is beneath her too, but man, she would find all the dirt. So who's coming up? Uh, who's going to be on this week? And then give us next week preview too for Pain in the Pod. Okay, so this week is a CBC podcast called Personal Best. So I told you a little bit about that last yes, week. That's it's, right. It's a podcast for um, people who want to do self help that aren't into self help, you know, like like me. Um, hilarious podcast, but also at the end of it, you kind of learn a little life lesson, you know, accidentally. And the two guys that do it, one's a comedian, one's a radio guy, and they're very funny. And my interview with them was very lighthearted, which is I've had some heavy ones lately. So this lighthearted one is good. And then next week will be um, this guy named Javier, who has a podcast called Pretend Radio. I've heard and, of that. What is that? Yeah. So it's about um, you would really like um, his season two that he did was all about this one specific church and the leader of it. Um of course, it escapes me now that I'm trying to remember what it's called. Um, I'm going to subscribe to it because I love stuff like that. Yeah, it's in North Carolina, this church. And, it, you know, of course, it turns out to be this. You've seen these videos before, right? Where the people scream in your face while they're praying for you. I've, li- they, I've lived that life in that church. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like word of faith or something. But yeah. they, they do these screaming prayers. Mm-hmm. And e- even if you're a baby. Um, and then they, then they decided they could open a church in Brazil. So they got these Brazilians to come over, but basically once they got here, they take their passports and don't let them leave. And it's like slave labor. I'm going to be talking to him and that's going to come out next week. And his first season, all these different people that are pretenders, right? Like, uh, the guy that, you know, wanted to do a hijacker thing because he wanted to be like DB Cooper, you know, and he talks to this guy. And so he's got all these different, each episode in summer, two parts, but each episode is about a different person that's pretending to be someone else. But the second season is all about this one church. And so he, um, I really like listening to him. And what's so interesting about his podcast is sort of like, you know, here, like when we're at the end, we're at the end. But when he's at the end of his, he'll go, well, that's the end of the story this week. Anyway, I'd like to talk about, he keeps talking. And I love that about him because <laughs> he just seems like, like, like your buddy that you're talking to, you know? I love that. Yeah. Well, so he was, he, a, he was fun to interview, I bet. That's coming up. I'm doing it this week. Okay. Oh, so this, got it. Okay. This, week, this week coming out is personal best. And next week will be uh, pretend radio. Got it. Got it. Got it. And. And then after that, I have um, the girl that is doing that one that somebody told me about in your Facebook group called Something Was Wrong. Stop it. Yeah. <gasps> yes. Okay, you guys, are you subscribing to Something Was Wrong? 
I just listened to the last episode today. Now, it's still going on. I'm only on episode five, but it's still dropping. I cannot believe you're interviewing her too. Mary Payne, that's awesome. This is such a good podcast, you guys. You have to subscribe. It is like Dirty John. However, a different flavor of that. This guy is, something's wrong with him. And this woman almost gets married to him. And it's really compelling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm literally just like, what's going to happen next? You Me know? too. Yeah, her name is Tiffany. And so she'll be three weeks from now. I'm just trying to like do it in my mind. I've got personal best and then I've got pretend radio and then I've got something was wrong. That's fantastic. Yeah. I'm so glad you got her. I cannot wait to hear that interview either. You're killing it with interviews. And you guys, Mary Payne is graciously doing these recaps with me every single week. And I really, of course, I Bunky, my goddess, I love you for doing these recaps. <laughs> But I truly love your podcast, Pain in the Pod, and I want to promote it as much as possible. You guys go subscribe to that. You can find it anywhere on any platform. She has got some fantastic interviews, and we're all lovers of podcasts. What's better than a podcast that features podcasts? So you can listen to you know, a half-hour interview with these podcasters and then decide if you want to subscribe, and you're getting some amazing people. Basically, you're getting like... <laughs> People who we're all listening to or should be listening to because you're such a lover of podcasts. So you're the perfect curator. And I have a little tease of one that's coming up that I really just got booked and I'm so excited. I've got um, – going to be talking to the girls that did Broken Hearts. <gasps> you are? Oh, my God. That was so tragic to listen to. My God. I, I, I listened to the whole thing, but that was a tough one. So you got Real them. Tough. Real tough. Yep. Good for you. That's going to be a tough, that's going to be a tough interview. I know. I'm going to have to just only think about it like a couple of days before because if I dwell on it too much, it'd be so sad. Yeah. I'm uh, just getting to the end of Cold and I loved your interview with him. That was fantastic. I know. Cold is so good too. Oh, there's so many good podcasts out there. That's why you're giving us all, you know, the tea on all of them. So thank you. Where can people follow you on social media? Uh, everything is pain in the pod and pain is my middle name, P-A-Y-N-E. So that's why it is pain in the pod. And that's Facebook's, uh, Instagram, Twitter, all that jazz. And of course you can just search for pain in the pod on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast. Yeah. Thank you. And also you guys don't forget to join the pink shade with Aaron Martin Facebook group. Go over to patreon.com slash pink shade. If you want to get bonus episodes, Mary Payne is a Patreon sponsor. Thank you, girl. Funky, I love you. And we will do this again next week. Okay. Thank you, Baron. 